Hi, hey, and hello, and welcome to another episode of The Educated Fan. My name is Brandon, and I am joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. How are you, kind sir? I I have a feeling I know the answer to that question. I'm doing pretty damn good, man. What a win. What a game. Tremendous effort by the Indianapolis Colts Sunday. It was it was rocking in Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, first, shout out to the, all the Packers fans that showed up at Lucas Oil Stadium. It was about a 50-50 crowd, um, which well, was which was pretty impressive. When and the, we always hear how the Packers fans travel well, but uh, I think man. this is the first game they had the opportunity to go to. Yeah, so, absolutely. Here they so are. That, that definitely that definitely plays a role into it. But man, what I mean, we've got a lot of talk to talk about today. <sighs> State huge statement win, great comeback win, and the Colts. The Colts are going through this. We thought it was going to be the toughest stretch of the year. They're doing pretty well so far. Yeah, uh, so far two out of three out of this tough stretch. Uh, realistically, I mean, especially watching the way the Baltimore Ravens got manhandled by the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I mean, we should have won that game, but yeah, this one was this was a crazy game. I was unwell. During that whole game, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was not mentally okay. Uh, so going into halftime, down uh, fourteen twenty eight. Did did you realistically think we still had a chance? Real it. Be honest with yourself. At the halftime, did you said, "I think we'll win this game"? I wouldn't say I. Th- I was thinking, I think we'll win this game, but I did think to myself, "We're not out of it." And and the reason for that was because. The Colts had so many opportunities to really to really take over the game in the first half. They just didn't capitalize on it. I mean, we had turned the ball that we had forced multiple turnovers for the Packers and, and the Colts had zero points off those turnovers uh, in the first half. And and the Packers were the ones capitalizing on the Colts turnovers. And it didn't it didn't feel like the Packers were dominating the game. Right. It felt like we just we were just missing out on those opportunities. And I was thinking to myself at halftime and I, w- I was talking to my buddy Andy, I was like, you know, if we if we just start capitalizing and start playing how we we've seen this Colts offense capable of uh, we, we've got a shot and we, we can come back into it. The the defense for the Packers didn't scare me. I, I still had faith in this in this Colts defense because of I've we've seen them over and over again make adjustments at halftime and come out and be absolutely locked down in the second half, which is what happened uh, yesterday. And so it, it and it just the way the game was going, it never felt like the 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 Packers were absolutely dominating, and that's why I think we had at least a little bit of hope. And, and this team is becoming more mature where they're not going to let a bad half really completely destroy the entire game. They're, they're going to fight until the very end, and that's certainly what they did. Yeah, they sure did with the win over the Packers, 34-31 to 31 in overtime. I feel like, you know, we didn't actually mention that part. Um, Frank Reich said it too, Andrew, that, you know, 14 points is not a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Sure does feel like it at, at the end of a half where the Colts get two turnovers and get zero points. That was I you 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 said you talked with Andy about that. I thought I texted you about it. I know I was pissing and moaning about it um, <laughs> at home and on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't think we we're out of it. What I was surprised by was the way we came back. Uh, you would think, and 
I think Frank Reich was asked about this too. You would think, you know, you come out um, in the second half down 14, slinging the pill. But what do we do? We get the first ball first, and we run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Uh, I think we then ran the ball, ran the ball, and ran the ball, um, and controlled the entire third quarter. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I think, stepped on the field in the third quarter one time, and it was a four and out. I think I think he had it twice in the third quarter, both times with three and outs. But I, I mean, holy shit. I mean, it was just a completely different ball game, but really a completely different Colts team out of the half. I mean, it, they were down 28 to 14 at half. And and like I said, it, it just seemed like the Packers. Well, first of all, it just seemed like the Packers. Well, it's kind of weird. They, I said they weren't dominating, but they were able to move the ball down the field pretty well. Uh, against this Colts defense. Mm-hmm. Darius, Darius Leonard said that that first half was probably the worst half of football he's played as a pro. And and the, Col- the Colts were really getting fooled by by what the Packers were doing on play action. So they, they'd play action fake to, to Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones, and then Aaron Rodgers would get outside of the pocket on these bootlegs and, and was able to complete passes down the field. And... And good job by the Packers to do that because you know with this Colts with this Colts defense their main strength and something they will always do is have all the guys going towards the ball mm-hmm. and they they were using that against the Colts with with the mixed direction uh, Rivers always excels when he's outside the pocket and he was just taking what the defense was giving him and, and taking his shots and he was able to find Devontae Adams he was able to find Alan Lazard Robert Tanyan down the field and, and the Packers were really able to move move at will and and you could see also that that Rodgers and the Packers offense, they were targeting Rocky Sin quite a bit. Yeah. And, and oh, well, mean, Rocky Sin got an interception due to that fact too, well, but right, right out the gate, they, they target Rocky Sin on a deep ball to Devonte Adams for a completion. And maybe at that point you're thinking, Oh, great. Here we go. Yeah, Rogers that is what I was thinking. Historic performances. Um, and then, and then on the, on the interception by rock, he was, he was actually supposed to cover the flat and it's great route recognition to realize that, that, that the ball's not going to the flat, that, that flat's not going to be a primary option. He broke out of his coverage and headed straight down the field and cut that off and got that pick. So <laughs> here's a pun for you. It was a rocky day for Rocky sin. And, and it really was, I mean, One he was just off. up and down all over the place, but it seemed like he did settle down in the second half. And, and I mean, I know there's a lot of hate on, on social media about how Rocky sin isn't that great. He's where we should try to move on from him already. I mean, he's a second year corner. First yeah. of all, he's still, he's still learning the game. How many turnovers has that man created this year? He's created a couple, three, to, I think three to four. I, I I know it's a minimum of two. He's a great tackling cornerback, and and he's gonna take his lumps. Every cornerback in the game has bad games. Stephon Gilmore does. Jalen Ramsey does. And go on and on. It's but I I think once he was able to settle down in that second half. I mean, and then again that deep ball oh, that at the beginning of the first half that ended up being a pass interference. And you know what it. It might have been a weak call, but at the same time, Brock can't put himself in that situation where he's grabbing onto the arm and he was panicking. But did you he see? Ra- did you see the the grabbing onto the arm? Huh? Did Did you look at? Because that was no grabbing onto the arm. That was both of them, their arms interlocked. I mean, oh yeah. There, you could have said that the receiver was hanging onto Rocky Sin's arm. It was it was just hand fighting at, at that point, and they they both go after the ball. There, there's no way. 
That's pass interference. Now, apparently I heard from, you know, uh, elsewhere. I don't remember where I heard it. Apparently Julian Blackman, you know, probably blue coverage there. He should have been there helping, but I mean, There's that pass interference call was shit. And then you turn around in the second half, and T.Y. Hilton gets beat up worse than that, and there's no call at all. Right. I was getting ready to get to that, where where that was the call. I mean, there, obviously, it was, a, like I said, it's a weak call. And then there was another one where, where Rivers throws the ball to the back of the end zone for T.Y. Hilton, and he's being completely face guarded, and nothing's called. So that that's where, I mean, we'll obviously talk about the officials here in a bit, but yeah. there was just, there wasn't very, there wasn't much consistency on that. And, and and as far as Rock's concerned, yeah, Julian Blackman should have been back there. He was the deep safety, and he and it left Rock one on one on an island. Blackman should have been back there to help. And at the same time, Rock's had that that tendency to when if he panics a little bit towards the end of a play, where if he thinks he's going to be beat, he starts getting a little handsy. And and he was step by step with the Packers wide receiver there, so he didn't need to do that necessarily. I think he was going to be in position to make a play. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you you can't – it's almost like you can't put yourself in that situation where the officials can even make that call, I should say. And well, if he doesn't, it's a touchdown. I still think he had a chance of the ball, even if he's not – He's not hand fighting with him. He he was with him step for step. And Rock, if he just waits and he's real physical when the ball gets there, I mean, there's a chance he probably doesn't get it. And, I mean, they scored a touchdown anyway. So, yeah. really doesn't matter at that point. But in the second half, he definitely cleaned it up. Rock was Rock was pretty solid in coverage, and and I think the the hate on him generally is a little too much, especially for a guy that and I I do I don't remember if he gave up a touchdown yesterday, but Rock has a Rock doesn't give up very many touchdowns in the grand scheme of things. So I think he's still learning, young corner, and I think he's going to develop into a, a quality starter for the Colts at least for for years to come. Yeah, and Andrew, like you said, the defense, the first half, I think you ordered it, uh, has a first half to forget. It's not the first game the defense has started slow. It's probably the slowest the defense has started. Um, but they they most certainly turned it around in the second half. Um, overall, was it was it overall only 66 rushing yards allowed yesterday? Oh. Overall, only 66 yards allowed rushing by this Colts defense. They forced four turnovers overall. Uh, just an outstanding game. And and I did want to touch on this. This is an unbelievable stat. So when you think about the Packers, unbelievable offense. You think about the Titans this year. For the most part, pretty good offense. Derrick yep. Henry's a stud. Ryan Tannehill's been playing pretty well. In the past two games, the Colts have outscored their opponents 41-3 to in the second half. Against Wild. two... One team that's was one of the top teams in the NFC, and the other one is a, a, a at least a solid wild card team in the AFC and and fighting for a division title. That is an incredible stat, and I think it it speaks to just the masterful changes and adaptability of Matt Eberflus. His halftime adjustments this year, most of the time, I mean, with some exceptions, but especially the past two weeks, have been just phenomenal. And it's completely stifled what these two what these two offenses had done. I mean, the the Titans didn't score at all, and the Packers didn't score until the very end when they got that field goal to tie it up to send it to overtime. 
just absolutely incredible defense by the by this Colts team in the second half. And 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 credit goes to Matt Eberflus and his staff for for really honing in on what needs to be adjusted and and the players for responding well. And, and it's completely turned these games and, and helped get the Colts where they need to be as they've beat two two very good teams the past couple of weeks. Um yeah, I agree. I'm going into going in halftime I said I I I I wasn't I I I didn't think we were going to win the game necessarily but I I did know uh for sure our defense was going to come out and play a, be- a better second half mm-hmm. I I said I turned to Paige I said we're going to make adjustments it's going to be fine like I'm not I'm not too worried about the defense in the second half obviously though then uh we come out in the second half and here comes the offense um Phil Rivers is starting to get his shit together uh, in this offense and with this team. And, you know, I think uh, Stephen Holder said it. You know, we 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 knew we had to be patient, but we're, we're four games into the season going, okay, like where when's Phillip Rivers coming along? When's Phil, you mm-hmm. know, and I think we're starting to see it unfold now, um, especially, you know, with, with, the, with the rookies. I mean, Michael Pittman Jr., hello, congratulations. First touchdown of the year. Very happy for that man. Jonathan Taylor yesterday had a great game. Um, But, yeah, Rivers, 24 out of 36, 288 yards. I'm not huge yardage-wise. Three touchdowns. Oh, and the the interception, I think, was tipped by a defensive lineman. Yeah, the got interception was, so. in that, was in the first half where it got tipped at the line and, and, and it fell right into the linebacker's hands. So, and... And as of before the game here Monday night, Philip Rivers was the fourth, had the fourth best quarterback grade out of anybody from according to Pro Football Focus. It was like an 88.8, which is damn near elite as what Pro Football Focus puts it on their grading scale. I mean, he had a great game. It, it very well could have been, especially when you talk about the level of competition. I mean, Philip Rivers has thrown for more yardage. He's had about the same amount of touchdowns, but the level of competition, this Packers team that has sights on going very deep in the playoffs and deep into January, Philip Rivers played a great game. He, he was very accurate. He, I mean, that ball to Trey Burton for that touchdown. Oh, buddy. What a, what a beautiful throw. I think Troy Just Aikman got off after that throw. <laughs> I mean, I, I damn near. You obviously didn't hear it. Troy Aikman was raving about that throw. Philip, he loved that throw. He loves Philip Rivers. Yeah. I mean, a, absolutely great throw. He was seeing the field, getting it to Michael Pittman Jr., who, by the way, is just looking more and more um, like Larry Fitzgerald. At least he's reminding me after the catch, the way how hard he runs after the catch. A bigger guy, not necessarily a speedster, but he's a lot faster with the ball in his hands than than you might think. And and good for him getting into the getting into the end zone for the first time, like you said. That's what I was thinking the whole time he's run the football to the end zone. I'm like, oh my God, look at him go. That was it was beautiful. I love that man. I love that receiver. He was coming towards my end zone and I'm seeing him come and I was like, oh man, we got one block and he's going to hit it. And, and I mean, Michael Pittman Jr. is turning into an absolute weapon for this Colts offense. He just, he just needed a little bit of time coming back from that injury, like we said, and he's, he's coming along now. I mean, he led the Colts in receiving the, now the past two games. Um, fun fact. And it's, it's just really showing up and the more. The more he co- he keeps coming on, the more attention that's come that's going to end up to him. The more that opens up, Mister T. Y. Hilton. And well, was, while you're still on Pittman, I I think it's huge. It, it's it's huge in in importance to 
find a way to get him the ball, just easy crossing routes even, just like the one he got, get him the ball and give him the chance to run with it, and he makes stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's kind of what the Colts' plan has been for him all along as that X wide receiver to get those crossing routes, to get the not only to I mean we still have yet to see him really, and this could be just a product of either the game playing, play calling, him not getting exactly that timing with Philip Rivers. We haven't seen the deep balls to Michael Pittman quite yet, but we've definitely seen those those crossing routes, him working the middle of the field, him even working along the sidelines and in those intermediate routes, being able to get open. And I think as you see Michael Pittman play more, he's just going to keep developing that route tree, developing that chemistry with Philip Rivers for those different routes. And you're going to be able to see a lot more, a uh, lot more things open up for him down the field. So mm-hmm. like I said, it, he's going to be becoming a, be- a better weapon. It's going to open things up for T Y Hilton. And by the way, did you see that, uh, that corner route that Philip Rivers just dropped an absolute bucket right to right to T.Y. Hilton along the sidelines for a huge game. And and that's something you haven't seen this year. Be It's something that, that T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck perfected, and, and T.Y. would burn teams for 20, 25-yard passes at a time with those corner routes, and Andrew just dropped it into it. And, and, and Philip was able to do it yesterday to, to get us deep into the red zone. And, and, and T.Y.'s, again, he's still affecting it all over the field. He only had three catches yesterday, but that was tied for the most catches – out of any Colts player. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I, I should say Jonathan Taylor had four, but I mean, T.Y. Hilton had six targets, most out of anybody. T.Y. Hilton still is a very vocal part of this offense, and he's opening things up down the field, even if he's not catching the ball. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, another guy who had a killer day and contributed to our 140 yards rushing, Jonathan Taylor. Hello. That's what I've been asking for. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm remembering incorrectly because I just like to put things into my brain the way that it works out that I'm right. (laughs) He ran the ball in between the tackles a ton yesterday. He did. And he got a lot of yards while doing it. I mean, that, that I, I didn't, I just say, I'm like, everything we do is outside, outside, outside. I'm like, let the boy run right up the gut. And this week we did. And keep in mind, I do know green Bay is weaker in the middle. You know, that specific team is, but it worked this week. Yeah, and it helps when when Quentin Nelson dominated Kenny Clark yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Quentin Nelson won Kenny Clark had a pretty damn good game. But when when I was watching him run, I, the first thing that came to my mind, I mean, not only was he running inside, but he looked he just looked more decisive with his runs. Mm-hmm. He wasn't he wasn't overthinking it like yep. it seemed he has been. He was he was seeing the hole, he was hitting the hole fast, and he was he was running through people whenever he got to that second level. Um, he was making those one cuts and go. He wasn't trying to cut a couple times in the backfield. He wasn't running timid like it seems. I mean, you're Jonathan Taylor. You're you're a two-time Doak Walker award in uh-huh. college. Best running back in college. And, and you're huge. You're a huge human. Run over people. And that's what he did yesterday. And he had 22 carries. Again, the more carries he got, it seemed like the more into a rhythm he got. And and he certainly performed well. And and I think this is what you're going to see from this Colts offense. If you're expecting this to happen every single game where there's going to be one running back that gets 100 yards after a 100-yard game after a 100-yard game, you're going to be disappointed. If, if, you, if you haven't 
if you're not a believer now, you need to start because the Colts are going to ride the hot hand at running back, whether it is Naheem Hines against Tennessee, whether it's Jordan Wilkins against Detroit, Jonathan Taylor against Green Bay or against Minnesota, whichever guy is is really feeling it and having the most success, that's that's who they're going to go with. It doesn't matter if you're Jonathan Taylor and you're a second-round pick or you're Jordan Wilkins and you're a fifth-round pick. It does not matter. It's, it's whoever's going to give the Colts the best chance to win that day. And with this running back group, they're so unselfish. That, that, that one, it doesn't really matter. And two, this is kind of how it needs to be because we don't have Marlon Mack in the backfield right now. And we're not going to have Marlon Mack the rest of the year as that Pro Bowl running back that we can rely upon. So it's the group effort. And I don't think, one, Frank Reich doesn't have a problem with that. And two, I think he actually prefers it. And Andrew, before we get into the penalty nonsense, oh, my Lanta. Before we get into the penalty nonsense, uh, Jacoby Brissett, I think yeah. he was on the field for f- maybe five plays, and I think four of them resulted in a first down or a touchdown. And last week, you know, he had the QB sneak for a touchdown. He gets put into the game into some pretty important situations, you know, on sh- third and short, fourth and short, um, and he's been capitalizing. And by the way, Troy Aikman called his QB-, QB sneak yesterday the greatest QB sneak of all time. And I'm pretty sure... I'd, I'd be willing to bet money that that might that was probably the longest QB sneak in the history of football. Yeah, I think QB I think QB sneaks have gone for probably a touchdown of long distance for when the defense just completely beefs it. But I don't know about that. I I mean he went seven yards. I know it only counted for five, which was actually a bunch of bullshit uh, because there were no whistles. Nothing happened. The play was still moving. He never lost forward progress, and they went. You know what? We're going to take two yards off of this. Yeah. Let's talk about Jacoby. I, I was about to get into I, the refs. I just said let's talk about Jacoby first. <laughs> and I think this is this is kind of what Frank Reich was talking about earlier in the year where where they had some plays for Jacoby, and, and we just hadn't seen it until really the past couple weeks. Frank Reich told Nick Sirianni before the Packers game that that they wanted to make Jacoby and have a package for him and, and really focus on that, make it make it something that we can actually use. And, and the Colts did it a little bit different. They – if, I don't know if they showed this on TV, but but what would happen would be Philip Rivers would call the play in the huddle. Philip Rivers calls the play in the huddle, and then Jacoby Brissett, after they break the huddle, Phil goes off and Jacoby comes in. So it's it's weird being like a quarterback, you're going into the game and you're not actually calling the play. But they did that multiple times. And and while Green Bay, they gave Green Bay time to sub it was probably still something where green Bay wasn't like, okay, we're this is just a little odd. And it was, it kind of put them off a little bit. And, and with Jacoby in there now, is he going to be in there 10, 15 plays? No, I think that's excessive, but using Jacoby Brissett in the right situations in these, these short yarded situations where he is a threat to run on these fourth and shorts, where he is a threat to do a QB sneak on these other plays where, where maybe Phil just just doesn't doesn't create that threat that that Jacoby Brissett the run does. Threat. It it gives this offense a different element and and just another way to attack a defense where 
where you can excel and, and, and really capitalize on some of the opportunities. I think Jacoby played very well. He gave the offense a spark. And, and as long as the Colts don't get too cute with it, and I think use him in the correct situations and not try to overuse it, right. it, can, it can be a vital part to this offense and, well, and have success going forward. And I tried to explain to you know my mom and uh, Paige yesterday, like, what? What's he doing out there? Like, what? why do they keep doing this? Well, one of those points in the third quarter, we ran the ball, we ran the ball, we ran the ball, we ran the ball, I think five times in a row it felt like. And then mm-hmm. Jacoby comes in, and the and now the defense, it's it's confusing, and it puts them on their heels because the defense goes, oh, right. shit, what's he in here for? What's he going to do? And then we just ran the ball again. He just handed right. it right off up the middle again, and we went, you know, and that went for a first down. Uh, I, you, you put him in there, you know, you sprinkle him in there, and it, it put it's got to put the defense on their heels because he right. could run it, he could hand it off, or he could throw it. And he has—I don't think he's thrown a ball yet this year, aside from the one uh, going into halftime against the uh, Ravens. But other than that, I—he he can do—he can do anything in that situation, and you don't know what to expect. And I loved—I mean, I specifically this week loved the fact that the they put him in there and then just ran the ball with the running back again. I thought that I was like that was brilliant. I mean. That's probably the last thing the defense is expecting in that situation because we just ran the ball five times in a freaking row, and then Jacoby Brissett comes in. They're like, all right, here it comes, something funny, and then we just run the ball again. Beautiful. Right. Exactly. When Jacoby comes in, it doesn't necessarily point to that it's going to be a QB run by Jacoby, or it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a deep pass by Jacoby. It's a changeup. It's a changeup. Frank Reich said the entire playbook is still open when Jacoby's in there. I mean, Jacoby's been in this offense for for three years now. There's nothing he doesn't know out of this playbook. So it, it still keeps the entire playbook open, but it definitely puts yep. the defense on their heels. And and it's I mean, it sure worked yesterday. And I I think the Colts will definitely continue to use it down the line. Now, and I kind of just want to say one more thing about the offense. You you kind of brought it up in the very beginning where we're starting to see Philip Rivers kind of finally get going and it seems like he's a lot more comfortable in this offense I think we got to remember this too I mean obviously no preseason very very weird offseason where it's hard to work out get timing with a completely new team but you got to think of also the kind of the the playmakers that this Colts offense lost in the first couple weeks of the season Mm -hmm. I mean Marlon Mack Philip Rivers was very excited to come and work with a Pro Bowl caliber running back in Marlon Mack done in the first quarter with an Achilles Paris Campbell. You, you saw week one, how Paris Campbell was going to be kind of a vocal point of this offense because against Jacksonville, he had quite a few catches. He had some decent yardage. And even in the beginning of the Minnesota game, he, he had already made a couple plays before he got his injury. Paris Campbell's been out for the year. Those are two guys that this Colts offense, I think had pretty good, pretty big plans for, especially Marlon Mack. And, and it's something that they, they kind of probably had to adjust to on the fly, getting in a rookie wide receiver like a, like a Michael Pittman, getting more snaps, kind of going back to Marcus Johnson, who really wasn't on the team, was supposed to be on the team in the first place. Jonathan Taylor automatically thrust into that starter in the main back role when, when Marlon Mack was expected to have that. So it, it was a huge, I think it was a bigger adjustment than, than what we even thought it was going to be losing those guys. And I think now we're kind of seeing Philip rivers. Like you said, he's more comfortable and, and he's starting to form some chemistry with this team and his teammates. And, and we're seeing the Colts offense start to roll on a more consistent basis. But I mean, even overall, 
I think it was a pretty good game by the Colts offense. I think Phillip Rivers was was dynamic, and and I think this can continue the rest of the year. Just I mean, not necessarily to this high of caliber, but this is this is kind of the Phillip Rivers that that I had expected. Not MVP Phillip Rivers, not necessarily one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but good given Sunday, considering the roster around him. This is the Phillip Rivers I was hoping for, and this, Andrew, is the Phillip Rivers that I thought there was a chance that he I, he's not going to take us to a Super Bowl. But I think if Phillip Rivers plays this well, I think this team, with the amount of different ways we've won football games this year and will continue to win, I do. I do. I, th- I think Phillip Rivers is good enough to be the quarterback of a Super Bowl contender. I, I don't. Well, I, I'm not saying yeah. that's my expectation, but I, I right. do think this team is capable of such with such an amazing defense. And I think for the first time yesterday, at least for me, it felt like Philip Rivers' team. And what I mean by that is, mm-hmm. in the beginning of the year, it's kind of weird seeing Philip Rivers as a Colts quarterback. But yesterday, to me, it felt like, man, Philip Rivers is the Colts quarterback. And we're we're gonna win a game. We're gonna win some games with this guy. And I just it seems like my confidence has grown, especially against these yep. better teams and how he's been performing. And and I think this can continue. I think this Colts offense, the more they work together, I think they're just gonna continue to build upon it. Aaron Rodgers one and three. Is it one and three against the Indianapolis Colts in his career? One and three. And oh and three in Lucas Oil Stadium. Oh and two in Lucas Oil Stadium. That could be true. <laughs> You're close. I had this stat written down yesterday. The, see, this is part of the reason why recording the next day screws with me. Um, all right, we we got to talk about it real quick, but we got to keep it keep it moving here. My, my goodness, um, the penalties. Holy shit. Okay, five <laughs> holds on the final drive in the fourth quarter. That that we got a first down, and all we had to do was run the clock out. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, yeah, I, you probably didn't get to see the replays like I did. I think four of those five were, I mean, uh, uh, blatant and obvious holds, mm-hmm. which is unacceptable, but holy shit. I mean, never, that, that was unlike anything I have ever seen in the game of football. I mean, I have never, ne- never, I mean, it was absurd. I don't think I've ever seen more than two penalties in a row. Now we got three, four, five. I mean, it was Oh my! It was miserable to watch. It was one of the worst things I've ever witnessed. And the last hold on Quentin Nelson, I have never seen a hold get called for this. He was inside, on the shoulder pads at the chest plate, exactly where every offensive lineman is told to block. I mean, every mm-hmm. but that's where you want to be. The other ones, I mean, we were we're talking looping around, you know, guys' necks and stuff like that. Take the loss. You know, I think that was talked about today. I think I think I think Frank talked about that. Take the gain of zero. Take the loss of two. Don't get hold. Don't don't hold right now. We just need the clock to run. What were your thoughts on that? I cannot imagine what was going on in that stadium. The stadium. I mean, there you had a lot of pissed off Colts fans because I think the it Packers was, fans might have been fucking annoyed. To be honest with you, one after another after another. I I forget who it was. I might have saw it on the internet. Someone said, you know, the saying that holding happens on every play. Yeah. I guess this officiating crew took that literally and just started calling it any chance they got. But, but watching some of the film, yes, you, you are correct. The the holds, the holds were there. 
Um, there was one, um, I think in particular, where, where one of the Packers defenders kind of tripped and fell over Anthony Costanzo, and it, that, that was probably what caused them to it look kind of like a hold when it really wasn't. But I think it comes down to this. Frank Wright kind of hit, hit, hit it on the head. He said that, that it doesn't really matter if the officials are calling all those, they need to be better fundamentally and they don't won't need to, they don't want to put themselves in a spot where the refs even have the opportunity to call that. Right. And, and I think that's, that's the main takeaway is, is this Colts offensive line, it's held to a higher standard. And really in the second half, the Colts offensive line dominated. I think Quentin Nelson had three or four holds throughout the he game. Did. He oh did. my God. He Unacceptable. He also, it was, wasn't a great day for him on that front, but he also had three or four pancakes and yeah, just completely I'm... taking Kenny Clark completely out. I think the offensive, I spe- offensive line as a whole played pretty well, especially in the second half, especially considering Braden Smith wasn't in the game. It wasn't, and was out with his injury. Yeah. And then, I mean, when they started with LaRaven Clark, I mean, LaRaven Clark was God awful. And then finally the Colts coaching staff benched his ass and put Chaz green in and Chaz green played, not great, but I mean, good enough with, in, with Braden Smith out, but it, they almost gave the game away on it. And it's mm-hmm. something you cannot do. You cannot put yourself in that situation. And the Colts just have to be fundamentally better in those situations. Otherwise they will lose some of those games that come down the wire because they can't close them out and they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. I, I heard somewhere this year that like there, there's no secret that the NFL refs have kind of been laying off of holds and different stuff like that because the NFL wants games to be higher scoring. Mm-hmm. No one told that r- r- officiating crew. Nope. <laughs> Nobody let them know because they, they're on it. Um, zero points off of the four Packers turnovers. I didn't realize we didn't get any points in the fourth quarter off. Any of those. Well, I guess the actually, last one, the last one, actually, we got three points off that. To win we the game, get three hot rod so, game winner. Andrew called it unbelievable. Uh, my whole house. I told him. I told him. I was like, I'm pretty sure Andrew said. I think the Colts win by three, and Hot Rod just might get his first game winner. Yes, Paige was very impressed. Yeah, and, and and Hot Rod himself. I mean, that first kick of when he had the 50 yarder that missed. I, I mean, that just it didn't seem like it came off his foot right. Did he just get under it a bit? Like what? It just didn't seem like he got his full leg into it. It looked weird. His leg, when I was watching it, it didn't look like he got all the way through. Didn't look clean. But I mean, the rest of the game, he was absolutely perfect. Just absolutely yep. perfect. And then the game winner straight down the middle. The first of many, hopefully for I see, for young I see people on Twitter. Uniform. I see people on Twitter. I can't believe this man was an undrafted free agent. The Colts stole this guy. Blah blah blah. I'm for listen. Settle down. He's a kicker. I mean, it's not like everybody's you know using a first round pick on a kicker. But I'm very glad uh, with the choice we made, and we did get a little insight last week from Frank Reich um, on the decision to go with Hot Rod over Chase, and uh, it was it was a moment like last night. He thought he thought Hot Rod was going to be the better guy in moments like you know game winners or just high pressure important kicks, and he got his first NFL game winner last night. Absolutely respect the specs, but it, it is concerning that the Colts didn't get more more points off the turnovers because they could have they could have put the game away a lot a lot earlier than they did, and, and that's what that if if they didn't win the game, I think that would have been the main reason why the Packers gave them plenty of opportunities to score and take over the game with their turnovers. And the Colts really never did that. Definitely something that they're going to have to clean up. Oh, shit. J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram both test positive out 
Thursday at Steelers. Adam Thielen placed on reserve COVID list. Woo. Yeah. We have that to talk about later. Sorry, I just popped. I, just, <laughs> I, I was busy today at work. It just popped up on my on the screen here. All right. Uh, injuries. Philip Rivers. Toe said it's sore, but he'll probably be okay. Reich says they'll see how it responds this week. It's probably just going to be sore the next couple days. So, yeah, and he heard it on that, on trying to put a block on one of the Packers defensive Holy. linemen. And Frank, one of their best Frank defensive said, linemen. Yeah. Frank Reich said Philip Rivers definitely did not follow instructions on that play. He's not supposed to be throwing that block. Um, but, I mean, Philip Rivers probably one of the toughest guys in NFL history, but definitely one of the toughest quarterbacks in NFL history. Um, he's not missing a game. He, no. The man played yeah. with a torn ACL. I don't think a toe is going to stop him. Right, I agree. Braden Smith, thumb, was inactive Sunday. I did see some people shit-talking him, like a thumb, you're an offensive lineman, you're not catching the ball. I feel like that could have been clubbed up or wrapped up, what? But I'm I'm not Braden Smith, so. So what happened was he he got it got cut real bad. He had to get stitches on it in practice this week, and Frank Reich thought they were going to be able to to get him into the game because he's played through something similar before, but they just could never get it quite wrapped right or get it in, in a way that he would be able to use his hands well enough to block and it not being risked to being re-split open or causing an immense pain. So it was just unfortunate, and, and thankfully it didn't cost the Colts a victory. Other Colts news, Colts placed defensive end Dinico Autry on the reserve COVID-19 list. Colts. Special, Special teams, teams coordinator, Bubba Vertrone, did not coach Sunday uh, as he was out for COVID-19-related reasons as well. That did not matter. Our special teams were fantastic again. Um, Colts signed running back Paul Perkins to the practice squad. Yeah, so with Danico Autry, it seems like he did test positive, but he... Um, we're not sure if he was asymptomatic or symptomatic because that kind of changes how long they'd have to be out. So if he's asymptomatic... There's a chance he plays on Sunday against Tennessee. If he is symptomatic, though, he would miss against Tennessee. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. All right, let's move it along. Great win by the Colts. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is uh, basically the horseshoe's bitch. Um, <laughs> they've only they, Packers have still only beat a team one team with a winning record, and and we were not going to be the second apparently. So. No, um, sir. Still atop the AFC South, although the Tennessee Titans did decide to beat the Baltimore Ravens, who apparently have decided to stop playing football this season. Um, games around the league. Let's get it rolling here. Uh, week 11 slate of games, Seahawks versus Cardinals. Andrew and I got punked. No, wait, you picked the Seahawks, didn't you? I did. I went with my MVP bitch. pick. Uh, Seahawks 28, Cardinals 21. That game sucked. I thought the Cardinals plus three was a lock. Uh, it was not. Uh, Saints 24, Falcons 9, Taysom Hill. By the way, Andrew, I want you to know, I don't know, I, I meant to pull up his stat line. You're going to look at that and think it wasn't very good. He had a hell of a game. That man put the ball in right into Michael Thomas's hands, drop, right in, I mean, multiple, multiple drops, right in the money, right in the money, right in the chest, right in the bread basket. Receivers and running backs let that man down. However, they did get a win. He had a great game. Uh, he was in my tight end position on ESPN this week in fantasy. Um, 
Yeah, and that's getting revoked. Now he's going back to a quarterback starting this week. That's I okay. I got to enjoy it for that. I got but, to enjoy uh, it for a week. I saw that the Saints had eight sacks of Matt Ryan. That definitely contributed to their win as well. It absolutely did. Uh, Washington shocked me, beat the Bengals uh, twenty to nine, and unfortunately put Joe Burrow out, out for the rest of the season. It was a nasty hit. If you didn't see it, don't bother. Yeah. If this wasn't the wake-up call that Cincinnati needed, um, I don't know what will be. But uh, protect your young quarterback. Otherwise, you're going to have Andrew Luck 2.0. Simple as that. It's really unfortunate. I hate to see a young superstar, future superstar, go down like that. Browns beat the Eagles 22-17. I saw Field Yates tweeted. Uh, after the loss, the Eagles now, with a 3-6-1 and six and one record, have fallen all the way down to first place in the NFC East. Um, <laughs> hilarious tweet. I cannot believe this shit. There's a losing record in the in playoffs getting a home game this year. That's just how it is. That's, that's where Pretty it's going to go. Um, Panthers mollywop the Lions 20-0? The Lions didn't score at all? They didn't even get in the red zone, boy. Oh, my God. 20 to PJ, zero PJ Walker, formerly known as Philip Walker of the Indianapolis Colts practice squad looked pretty damn good Yeah, on Sunday. So, I mean, good for him. Teddy Bridgewater will probably be back, but Hey, not too bad for a guy that got cut and put back on the Colts team like 12 times when yeah. he was in Indy. Uh, Titans 30 Ravens 24. Uh, mentioned that already Titans not gonna not gonna get, roll over we get to put them down as notch uh this next weekend hopefully texans beat the patriots 27 to 20 what what's that that's i think that's just one deshaun watson having a pretty good game and the patriots i mean i think we just need to start taking the patriots for what the record is they're not a very good team and 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 Cam, while Cam's played okay, he hasn't been Superman, and that's kind of what they needed in order for for the Patriots to be good this year. Their defense has definitely taken a step back. That does I don't think Stephon. I mean, uh, was Stephon Gilmore out there? I wasn't I'm sure. I'm not I sure. Really I didn't watch that. Games, I didn't really watch that game. Patriots defense has not looked great this year, and and that's really what they needed. If unless Cam was going to be MVP, Cam, and that's obviously not happening. So. Patriots aren't looking good. Yeah, not at all. Uh, Steelers cover against the Jags, 27-3. Broncos beat the Dolphins. This one surprised me, 20-13. Apparently, uh, Mr. Drew Locke just is an at-home god. I think he's like 4-1 at home or something like that. He's got a pretty good at-home record so far. To a bench for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I think two is still going to be the starting quarterback. He just didn't. So play very good I game. have some insider information on that. All right, it's just from Tyler. It's not. There's nothing insider about it. He's convinced that two <laughs> two has got a foot injury. He's convinced somebody stepped on his foot or something, and that's why he came out of the game. Um, eh. You know, I the, don't know the about ben- that he's one. he's convinced it wasn't a benching. It was it was more injury related. Although I don't I don't think I've read anything confirming that. Uh, Chargers beat the Jets 34 to 28, and it was not as close as the score says. That was some that had to have been garbage time points because I, I that they were in command of that game. Uh, You'd have to think that uh, Herbert, that Justin Herbert is now with Joe Burrow being down. Justin Herbert's probably the runaway offensive player of the year. Offensive the rookie way, of the year. Yeah, you get it. By the way, defensive rookie of the year. 
Julian Blackman, hands yeah, down. I, we didn't even mention that, man, and shame on us. Shame. I mean, I, I thought about it while we were talking, but, you know, I looked down and we had spent 35 minutes talking about the Colts, So, um, which this is a Colts podcast, so that's what we do. But Yeah, screw it. Uh, Cowboys. Show. Cowboys beat the Vikings. What in the hell? We, we think the Vikings are on a hot streak and they're coming back. No, 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 Ducky. Uh, they lose to the Cowboys uh, in a third-string quarterback. Um, Chiefs really let me down. The Chiefs severely let me down. They win the game by four against the Raiders, uh, who, by the way, had a nightmare of a week. No mm -hmm. reason in hell this game should have been so close. And I hammered the Chiefs minus six and a half. And then I hammered a minus seven and a half. And then I said, you know what? I won this game earlier today. This bet, I'm going to slap another 20 on the Chiefs to win minus seven and a half. And they did not. Derek Carr played very well. Derek yes, Carr did. was masterful. And, and for some reason, the Raiders just match up very well with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes ungodly just made it look super easy there in the final minute to drive right down the field in less than a minute score. But, but I, I think the Raiders, the Raiders have a better team than I think a lot of people think. And I, I think the Raiders probably will be a playoff team. They're going to get one of those wild card spots. I think you're opinion. probably right. I don't know if you're home or watching the game yet, but Patrick Mahomes, it, I think it was in the first half or very early in the third quarter. Um, just, gets away from defenders. The 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 commentators, Collinsworth and Al Michaels were talking about how Travis Kelsey sees his quarterback running the other way. Travis Kelsey turns back around and he goes back another way to get open for uh for Patrick. But Mahomes was sprinting straight left. I mean straight left, perpendicular, and somehow turns his hips all the way around to face downfield and lets one rip. I'm I have never seen a throw like that in my life. It was unbelievable. It is incredible. He's a, he's absolutely unbelievable. What can you say? I don't. We we watch that guy, and if he's not if he's not throwing five touchdown passes, we're like, man, just another day. I mean, he only threw his second interception of the year, and and we're not even both of them were against the Raiders, right? So it's it's pretty crazy. Like I said, the Raiders match up well, and and they play the Chiefs tough. Yep. So injuries around the league: Seahawks tight end Greg Olson ruptured plantar fascia in his foot, could come back for the playoffs. Saints place Drew Brees on IR as he recovers from his rib and lung injury, will be out at least three weeks. Bengals quarterback, go ahead. So Drew Brees has eleven fractured ribs. That's wild. That's that that man's entire chest cavity is completely <laughs> broken at this point. Yeah, got a feel for him. It did, anybody talking about him? You know, telling Sean Payton he can't go <laughs> <laughs> anymore. I mean, no, no. Nope. Um, Bengals QB Joe Burrow torn ACL and MCL and left knee out for the season. Titans defensive end Jadavian Clowney knee going IR bye bye that's fine with me so he won't be playing on Sunday against the Colts which he really didn't have an impact the first game but I mean hey now he's he, not going to have any impact right exactly for the probably the rest of the year I'd have to guess if it's a knee but knowing him um Patriots running back Rex Burkhead knee carted off the field Texas Texans wide receiver Randall Cobb toe expect to miss a few weeks. He scored a touchdown before that injury. Um, 
And the Texans really don't have any any weapons. I mean, besides Randall Cobb. I mean, God, if only they had like a superstar receiver. (laughs) I mean, what you know? Imagine how much better they'd be. That that bag of chips must have been real damn good. That spicy nacho Doritos that they traded DeAndre Hopkins for. It was the la- It was the last bag of uh, flaming hot Cheetos or jalapeno <laughs> Cheetos, whatever ones they got rid of. Oh, um, <laughs> this oh, next headline is is just as absurd. Go ahead. Pro Bowl to be played one. on Madden twenty one this year with <laughs> NFL players controlling the rosters and playing against one another on the. Game. <laughs> Come on, like why why even bother? That's the not... next one the next one's even better, Andrew. The Ravens shit down their facility today <laughs> <laughs> after Mark Ingram and JK Dobbins just positive for COVID nineteen. God, my autocorrect is so bad. I hate it when you shit down the facility. <laughs> <laughs> both, both will miss I, the game Thursday versus I, the Steelers. I think I think uh Sean McVay has some has some words about that, if you remember correctly. Hey, and also don't be the guy that takes a shit in the poor potties. All right. I, I I went in there, I about threw up. All right, have a little bit more uh so- Oh my God. <laughs> okay. This episode's off the rails. Wide receiver Adam Thielen was placed on COVID nineteen list as well. Um, Man, that sucks for my fantasy team. Yeah, nobody gives I, a damn about your fantasy team. <laughs> hey, how's your fantasy team doing? Nobody gives a shit. Oh, no one cares. No one cares. Uh, Colts player of the game. I like this. The rookies. Jonathan hey, Taylor. Thanks for, thanks for stealing my segment. You're right. I, I'm over here laughing my ass off, forgetting how we <laughs> forgetting how we do things around here. Look, hold on. Hold on. Forget that happened. Um, so, Andrew, let's move along to your favorite segment of the week, the Colts player of the game. So the Colts player of the game, it's going to four rookies this week. Really? Um, all four instrumental in the Colts win. Jonathan Taylor, 22 carries for 90 yards, four catches for 24 yards. Moved the chains the entire second half and and really dominated on the ground. Michael Pittman with his first touchdown catch to go along with three catches um, for 66 yards. He's coming on stronger and stronger every week. Julian Blackman, the guy we forgot to mention earlier, shame on us. This kid's the defensive player, rookie defensive rookie of the year. And if he needs to start getting some respect on his name, had five tackles and he had had the force fumble in overtime to basically he basically give the Colts the game. And then of course, hot rod, Rodrigo Blankenship, four for five on field goals, two for two extra points and his first game winner in overtime, Chris Ballard looking like he's got another home run of a draft class. And it's, it's just unbelievable how many of these guys he continues to hit on over and over again. So Colts are lucky to have him. Colts are lucky to have these studs coming up and and just continuing to get better. Congrats to all the rookies this week. Great job. I'm with you. Uh, two things. One, I would call Frank Reich uh, a key instrument to this week's game as well. Um, mm-hmm. He's obviously not a player, uneligible for this award. Um, two, Jared Goff just threw an interception, and the Buccaneers just had the greatest celebra- defensive celebration I've ever seen. They all just sat down and started rowing the boat together. <laughs> and I mean, that was just a hell of a hell of a celebration. Uh, yeah, Julian Blackman, the only person I'm seeing. Um, him, you know, being ranked behind in regards to defensive player, the rookie of the year, um, is Chase Young. And 
those guys aren't winning fucking football games. So I don't know. I, I don't know how we got him in the lead for the defensive player rookie of the year award. I don't, nobody yeah. gives a shit about the Washington football team. The Colts matter. And Julian Blackman has had a couple of game-winning turnovers. And this guy's only going to continue to get better. Is he our next Bob Sanders? Uh, I mean, our, I, I, obviously completely different playing styles, but our next safety that has an unbelievable impact on on this entire defense and and Chris Ballard loves to get guys that that are playmakers Darius Leonard Julian Blackman DeForest Buckner guys that are gonna force turnovers and 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 really create more opportunities to score again just I, I'm so high on Julian Blackman I really didn't know too much about him I knew he was good coming out of college but I really didn't know the potential that he had and and the Colts just nailed it on the head uh absurd excellent pick Thank God we have Chris Ballard as the GM. Still has God things to learn. These these scouts. So still has things to learn, but that's why he's a rookie. Hell yeah. So let's move it along, Andrew. Um, that's it. I mean, so go follow us at the Educated Fan on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all the goody goodies. Facebook. Um, Facebook. Yep. Uh, that's it. Uh, anything else from you, kind sir? Just a just an excellent come from behind win and i mean we can't we can't rest either because we've got tennessee coming to lucas oil stadium this weekend and if the colts lose they're even after this huge win if the colts lose they give back the tiebreaker to tennessee and tennessee takes a game lead in the division so we still got to take care of business tennessee's going to come in pissed off and and ready for redemption colts are going to have to bring it one more time all right hey i got one thing to say go colts you go ahead and say yours. Go Colts. And also Aaron Rodgers. You like that? You like that? Hey! Hey! Here comes the. Here comes the. Here comes the. Y'all don't really want it like that. Yeah. Here comes the.